0: And We are back. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Daily Dots. And we got the crew back together. So, so, uh, I'm not flying solo. Like, I got the brain trust back in the office. This kid's killing me with this vac- all constant vacation. You're never in the office.
1: That, that's that's nice. I've taken one vacation, I think, since we- <laughs> but we do have one coming up in March, and I will be out tomorrow. You'll be on your own because, uh, unless we run it late, because I gotta. I got a college kid coming over to do some shadowing. So, oh,
0: you know, I love, I love getting the, I love getting the, uh, I love getting interns in here. Yeah, um, I just feel like, well, we've had really good luck with interns, but I just feel like they ask good questions, bring in good energy. The other thing too is I remember how hard it was breaking in. I mean, well, I, you and I are in the same boat. One of the reasons I started my own firm is because it's such a...
1: Because <laughs> you couldn't break it. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's such a closed deal. And uh, whenever I see these young kids that want to like no, I'm like, heck yeah, man. You yeah, know, absolutely. Let's, let's show you that you don't need to go to an Ivy League school. And there are other ways that, you know, there are other talented managers that didn't go to one of five schools.
1: Yeah, imagine so, that. Yeah,
0: crazy, crazy idea, huh? Uh, <clears throat> well, we do have a little bit to talk about today. Yeah, today was fun. Yeah, so... Uh, gave back it it it's it, I I refer to this as a reality day at least in my opinion. Uh Nasdaq finished down about 2.2, 2.3 right in there. S&P down about 1.4, 1.3 or no, yeah. 1.5.
1: Uh so I have SPX closing at negative 1.61. Okay. And then the Qs were 1.96, as you said 2.23 for the Nasdaq composite. Small caps down 2.4. Um just a, a random note but the microsoft daily candle was absolutely horrific um uh, let's see mag sevens just an, as, a, as a total we're down a, a little over three percent so not not a fun day for mag seven and of course this was all on the back of uh jay powell more or less removing the march cut he i mean he didn't completely 100 percent take it off the table but he uh he made it clear like the hurdle to go march is massive um but Hey, Friday could be a bad enough jobs report where it's like, well, okay, you're you're in the money on the March cut. So it's still, it's still possibility, but very notably to me from right before, uh, the fed statement and press conference until, until the end, the close of the market today, the amount of rate cuts priced for the entire year didn't move. We just, we just shuffled the deck and moved them later in the year. So you just pushed them all from march later in the year so the, the grand cuts di- didn't change
0: so market's still pricing in six
1: uh it's 5.7 in change at the moment so yeah, basically yeah
0: so six it so the market's pricing in 150 basis points of cuts this year effectively yeah you know i i guess that's i, I you know i guess that sounds about right i think that sounds about right
1: I mean, I, you know me. I've been arguing they should have never have gone past three, and I've been and I've been arguing, hey, you're gonna have a, a nasty recession if you don't if you don't start cutting real fast. So, I I clearly think they should be cutting, um, but I also think it's gonna be a communications disaster for them to, when when they cut it, it, unless they get stocks well, down in, a bunch.
0: Well, and okay, so from the. I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I've been in the camp of saying there's no way they hike can march. And the reason that I thought that was um, it wasn't – I didn't disagree. I, so I, do, I still don't disagree with your, your way of looking at it fundamentally. My whole thing was the communication side of it, meaning you're showing all this hot data. You're even showing inflation picking up month over month. And I just think based on all of the communications they've said, I just thought it was going to be a really tall order to cut in March. Right. And I also thought for coming from there, truly look, not looking at it through the lens of what I thought they should do, right, but looking at – I just I just thought – I just saw so much more downside with the March cut because you, you made a great point. I, you actually – you flipped back the other way thinking they were going to cut in March, but you, one yeah. of the other reasons why I stuck to it is you made a really great point if it does get nastier after March, they cut in May.
1: Right. And they could they do 50 bips. Yeah. May. So yeah. like, and, and I still think that's very much on the table that they, that if the economy softens between now and May, like it, it would, I, I it, w- the, it would be crazy for them not to cut 50 in May. Honestly,
0: I think they're going to need to, I, I honestly, I honestly feel like,
1: well, Hey, we saw another bank, you know, kind of go, go pear shaped today. So
0: I, I, I look, I, I'll pro- very possible. I eat my words, but, if all the listeners know, if I do, I'll, I'll go, I'll stand up and own it. Um. This, this, I, I think that I, I think it's done. I think we're heading lower. So go, I think it's done.
1: So to go back to that. that I think
0: we're heading right into recession. I, I think we're, I, I think we've started the, I think, I think we've started the path into it.
1: We'll see. I still think the construction jobs are the, uh the, the key to the whole thing. Um. But going, going back to, I lost train of thought. Where was it going here?
0: Well, that's because I was adjusting. Yeah,
1: you were. And you got me. Um,
0: it's a legitimate oh, the, studio, the bank. man. You got to deal with the lights here.
1: The uh, the bank situation, the, the reason that was notable to me, like surely missed earnings and cut the dividend and all that stuff, that, that's unfortunate. But their their loan loss provisions were 12 times what analysts expected. 12 times what analysts expected.
0: So what does that tell you? See, this is my whole point. Every piece, even the good data, it's not good to the point where I feel like it gives you a different picture. This thing ain't growing at four percent. It's not. Something's going on. I don't. And and I want everybody to like. I've said this before. I'm not talking conspiracy. I'm not saying any of that.
1: No, guys like Mike Green and um, uh, well, I can't name his name. Uh, Mike Taylor. No, man, my brain's not working today. Zach
0: Abraham. You know that
1: guy. I, I I need I need some more coffee today. Um,
0: wait, you had eight cups. Is, is that it? <laughs>
1: i needed I guy, needed it
0: this guy drinks coffee like you guys can't believe
1: i used to work 13 hour night shifts i developed a problem
0: i get dehydrated watching you <laughs> drink coffee like i uh, i get sympathetic dehydration it uh, really is remarkable
1: and coffee's coffee's mostly water you're fine um, <laughs>
0: the diuretic mixed in with it but yeah never mind that
1: yeah don't worry about that yeah uh but anyways oh bob uh Bob Elliott. So bo- both of them have been kind of pushing back on, on like the growth data to be like, eh, it doesn't really make sense. So mm-hmm. I, you, you're, you're not crazy or conspiratorial, at least on this one. I mean, you're conspiratorial, but not on this one. Um, I'm a walking conspiracy. <laughs> uh, I You know, what's
0: funny is I used to be a lot more conspiratorial and then th- there was something simple yeah, me too. right? Just time. And then the one line that really came through to me was never chalk up to conspiracy, which can be explained by stupidity.
1: Yeah. You work in the government long enough. You realize, most of the conspiracies are nonsense and most of it's just people aren't that uh, adequate that are running things.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, and, and, and usually the outcomes are pretty similar, but you just look at them and go, uh, you're giving them a lot more credit than they yeah. deserve. Right. You,
1: you, you brief a couple senior leaders and you you recognize how smart they are not and, or how much grasp of things they have, they don't have. And you're like, oh yeah, no, all that stuff people told me about the master plans, probably not as real. They don't have
0: to work too hard and plan too hard to screw it up that bad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're there. It's like asking you, it's like asking one of my kids to bake a cake, you know, like chances are it ain't going to come out looking too hot. Yeah. And I certainly wouldn't be the first one dipping into it. Okay. So, so, uh, fat, so FED is going to stay a little tight. Um, I do think it seems though, and, and it, and it's, I, and you heard the minutes I was, I was doing another interview, so I didn't catch it at the time, but uh, Taking the posture of still saying, "Hey, we've got the we've got the fire extinguisher standing here, and we're ready to pull the pin at any moment."
1: Yeah, like they basically said, he more or less, they more or less took more hikes off the table. They didn't take higher for longer off the table, but he made it real clear, like we fully expect the current trend to continue. So and we, that we will be able to cut soon. Um, it's pretty clear. Like May is just full blown. It's a go. Like we're cutting in May unless something happens. But what I'll say is my personal view of the inflation trajectory is that inflation could move back up enough to make it weird for them. You know, cause he's like, look, we, we just need a little bit more data to confirm. Well, I, it, I, I would argue it might not confirm. And if that happens, they're still going to cut. Like there's no, I don't think there's any world where they're like, Oh yeah, we're just not going to cut. Cause then, then they're really putting the economy at, at just really too, too much risk. It'd be a dumb risk at that point um so they, they they probably just made the communication weird and they asked him 40 questions today during the presser after he was like we just need a little bit more you know uh and, and you just got you, well i got the the vibe it was kind of a like look guys we we're gonna cut and but we we're, we're not cutting yet and and financial conditions are crazy so I have to do two things today and that is tell you that, yeah, we're eventually cutting, but also tell you not yet. And please chill out with the market. You know, I, that was the vibe I got. So he, he struggled to, to do both at the same time because it's kind of impossible. And they just kept asking a million questions. I'm like, guys, just take a clue. He doesn't mean it. Like it doesn't matter what the next couple data points are.
0: He's trying to talk and say nothing for us. He
1: wants the market to go down, but he also wants you to know he's going to cut. Like yeah. it's, it's just tough communication. Yeah. Now it's going to get tougher on the back end, but they'll find a way to talk through it.
0: You know, and I don't want to go off on fed policy rebeer for another 40 minutes, but but um I I understood their approach years ago. Um I think I think their communication is following much along the lines of their policy decisions, meaning I, I think they're doing a lot of things that they think they need to do that they don't meaning rip off the damn band-aid, excuse me, excuse me. I, I, I don't, but it is a damn one in this case, rip off the damn. rip off the band-aid, right? Let, let it hit the markets. Let's get it. Because I, my biggest thing is I honestly think that they're injecting more uncertainty and more instability by talking and saying nothing than just saying what it is.
1: Right. I really do. Trying to feather the thing in there.
0: Yeah, just say what it is, man. If you believe the economy is really, if you believe your own press and you believe you're growing at 4%, just say what it is. Take the ambiguity out of it, right? Like, be the adult in the room. And when I say that, I'm not, I'm not asking him to step up there and hike 200 basis points. Like, I'm not, I'm not financial justice warrioring this. I just, I, I put it in the file of way too complicated, like so many things are today. Just come out and speak plainly and say what you mean. And if markets want to freak out, you've been ginning them up for 15 years. Who cares? Yeah. Okay. And and, and here's the deal: you ain't, the buy the dippers are going to come back in anyway. You're not. This is 1929, and if it starts to get that way, you guys have got more rates cuts to throw at this thing than than you've had in 20 years. Yeah. I, I just don't. I. I. And I get it. And 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 maybe my perception would be a little bit different if I was the one trying to pilot the economy. In times like these, I just honestly think they inject more problems for themselves, more communication problems and more market uncertainty, which you and I both know market uncertainty leads to volatility. That's not what they want. And I, I just it, it doesn't even seem to be self-serving. I, I just, who is winning from the way they communicate? They're not. Investors aren't. Market isn't.
1: Yeah, I know. I agree. I, I,
0: I just I don't get it.
1: I call it the jibber jabber cycle and I just think they 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 do too much of it.
0: Yeah, I um, I just don't see like when you're in a really tough economic time like oh eight oh nine, I think Powell should probably be out there talking once a week,
1: right? right. Like, or, I, I get or, that. or like in the middle of COVID to let you know like, hey, we're not letting this whole thing go down.
0: Yeah, I, I get it. But the right, re- this is just this is nuts. He doesn't have in most years he doesn't have anything to say of substance once a quarter, let alone once a, once a month, right? You know, I it just it, it's nonsensical. I I don't get it. Um, okay, so what else do we have? Earnings. So- Earnings, I didn't see today. Earnings continue to be, uh, kind of, kind of in line with what you and I were expecting. Not meeting any of those earnings expectations well, coming into the year at all.
1: So far, the Q four earnings are are beating expectations. Now we're less than two hundred companies in noting that. Um, now they always beat expectations, but like by by a decent margin at the moment. Um, but honestly, like where, where we're at with the market and how big Mag Seven is in the top ten is as a piece of the S and P. Like those it, don't matter right exactly so really all that matters is big tech earnings and and those haven't gone great and no, they,
0: they, when i say going yeah, like that's what i was speaking yeah yeah to,
1: yeah the, the, the earnings that matter right
0: I, I think they've gone fine they they're, they're putting up, yeah, if you
1: actually look at the earnings it's like well wow, that ain't bad at all
0: no it's just yeah. what everybody was building into them right they, exactly that, that's what you and i've been saying all along just like yeah. guys there's no way they live up to the right. market expectations
1: yeah you, you don't have uh all knowing ai that's gonna create a trillion dollars tomorrow like mm, you gotta go down
0: yeah um, I, I, you know even amd coming out and everybody's like shocked that they had the revenues weren't as much and you go guys think think about who and, and this has been my argument all along right until you have actual products that require those chips you're going to see a big blast off and then you're going to see chip demand whittle down because it's the makers of products that have been buying the chips they're not going to keep buying thousands of chips every month on a recurring basis until they have a product to sell. Yeah. And they don't have one.
1: Um, so what, something I want to touch on, because I don't want to forget is like some market structure stuff. Um, so we haven't talked about this in a while, but vol control funds, CTAs, uh, basically anyone that's like in this kind of like structured and, and by CTA, commodity, commodity trading trend. and by, yeah, yeah. Tr- yeah, basically trend following. And it's um, really confusing
0: funds. because even though they're called CTAs, they, most of them don't trade. They,
1: they do every They do, a lot of them will do like, if it's a futures contract, they'll trade it. Just doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, if, yeah. if it's in an uptrend, they want it. And if it's in a downtrend, they want to They want to get rid of it or, or even short it. But they're like full, full boat on stocks. They're just, they're long up to like up to their neck, just the way Vol control is. Um, basically, anybody that's systematic and if vol's low and they go buy more or if price is up and they buy more is is full. Like they've, they've gotten, you know, most of the allocation they can even get their hands on, which means if you get a spike in implied volatility, you get nasty down moves in equities. They have to they have to let go. They have to sell. Um, and then we had coming into the day, dealers were in positive gamma which means, you know, they they fade whatever the market does. Um, but m- the numbers I looked at suggest they probably ended the day in negative gamma, meaning that they have to, they have to basically chase the market, whatever the market's doing, they have to do that as well. So we might, we could be entering a situation and I, I say could, because I don't know if we are, but we could be entering a situation where all of a sudden CTAs are selling vol control funds are selling. Um, basically, Basically, all, the, all things systematic have to sell to each other.
0: The reverse of what we've seen over the last twelve
1: months. Exactly. Yeah. Um, from from October to now, we had a violent upswing, in large part because of systematic buying. Um, today, it, it at least flirted with flipping that. Now, the the reason that's important is because if we get bad uh, big tech earnings again tomorrow, then I would I would. I'm willing to go on a limb and say, you will trigger the feedback loop where they, they all have to sell. And that that's when it gets weird. Yeah. And, and we haven't had that. We haven't had that really since 2022 where you had pretty vicious selling for all these people. now we, we did have, we had like a 10% sell off in October um, that included some of that, you but know, it wasn't violent.
0: And even 20, it's the one thing I, and I've pushed back against people that saying that 2022 was the, was the recession and stuff. <clears throat> Even 2022 was too, it, it was too uniform.
1: Right. But that but you, but, push, you, right? but if you go look at like the allocations for the vol control, people like that, like they oh, got, yeah. they got real low. Oh, and yeah. Whenever all those people get low and then they, and then they get, they flip back into buy mode. Like you, you really want to be long because they're just going it, to, it's just the freight train of buying comes, yeah. you know? So I, that makes big tech earnings tomorrow incredibly important. And it makes the jobs report Friday incredibly important. And, and the other day that we have for the rest of the week. The rest of the week is is, is very important for the market, for, for the direction of the next couple months.
0: Yeah, and listen, guys, when, when we're talking, I want to be also really clear with this to, with the listeners. When you hear us talking about all this stuff, we are not day traders and we're not trying to game where this thing is going over the next week. The reason we're focused so much more on all of this stuff right now is because the fundamentals don't matter. And I've, I've said this before, Chase, but um, when when you get into an environment that the fundamentals don't matter, I sort I sort of equate it to um, I sort of equate it to flying an airplane. Like if you want to get licenses in an airplane, you have to. I can't remember what they call it, but they 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 like they it's like a hood test or whatever. They put you under a hood and you have to just fly by looking at your instruments, right? Right. So we are always paying attention to valuations. That's one of the instruments, right? The fundamentals are one of the instruments that we're looking at. The other part of it is the technicals. When 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 visibility in the economy and Stocks have separated like it is. We want to always pay attention to the fundamentals, but the other side of it is looking at the technicals and the levels. Why? Because assets aren't trading according to fundamental valuation, right? Now, people are like, well, that's why you should sell and back away. Well, not when inflation's a threat, right? Because like you've explained, and I think we've done a good job explaining here on the podcast, is that even though in an inflationary environment, even though things are getting harder and harder for people and the consumers are coming under more and more pressure, Stocks report earnings on a nominal basis. So their earnings in most cases continue to go up, even though the value of the dollar and things like that. So in an inflationary environment, oftentimes the way to get saved is to own things, right? That are going up, even though the backdrop looks insane. You're like, oh, it's gone up too much. Yeah, but it's being driven by inflation, right? So it's not really going up in value. It's that it's going up in relationship to the currency that you're you – know, and anyway, in environments like that, you got to buy and hold even if the fundamentals look stretched because that's how you protect yourself against inflation. Anyway, just wanted to put that in there. Um, so what else do we have on the docket? I mean this is still the Super Bowl. we got a lot more coming our ways. We've got unemployment on Friday,
1: right, jobless? Yeah, the, 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 the job report, um, but we'll also get jobless claims um, tomorrow, uh, the kind of – the ones we get every every week – we will get the challenger challenger grade job cuts, which should should pop a good bit. Um, we get productivity, unit labor costs. Um, we get the ISM tomorrow, which we have pegged at forty seven point two. That's what's expected. Um, that that would be interesting. That that's not a terribly high bar, but if you if you go by the regional surveys that we've talked a lot about, it it will be lower than that.
0: I wouldn't be surprised to see a pop above fifty on
1: that. So the the S and P one hit above fifty. Um, the regional ones tell you it's not going to be above forty seven point two. But some there it just depends. Um, and and I'll be looking at the, some of the internals on that as I as I like to do. Um, but that that'll be a big one tomorrow as well. Um, let's see. We we also have construction spending which. We, you know, that's something we are hyper focused on is construction spending. Hey, on. any
0: re- any read through on 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 that bank? What what pulled them down? Do you know anything about it?
1: Yeah. So, le- like I mentioned, they so they were they were forecasted to to make money on the quarter, and they lost money. They had to cu- they had to cut their dividend, um, and the biggest reason was they set aside a ton of money for loan losses. And now ban- banks have been setting aside a decent amount of money for loan loss provisions. Some of them even two months, you could argue. But my my gut feeling, and I'll call it that—not an analytical like deep dive—but a gut feeling has been that the credit situation is worse than banks realize moving forward. Now I'm talking like 6, 12, 18 months out. You know, not necessarily the next three months, but
0: I don't is, know. I and I and I know where you're going. I don't know how this isn't true.
1: So my 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 feeling has been when I look at it, no, nah, you need to put more money aside. So my read on that was kind of like one of two things is and now other regionals have reported they've been they've been fine right one of two things is true that bank is the made the worst loans in history and they're idiots or maybe may and i say maybe other banks have just been not setting enough money aside maybe these maybe they actually got out ahead of it and were like look a lot of these loans are going sour this is looking ugly whereas a lot of the other ones were like nah it's fine that we have you know really high delinquencies i'm sure they'll pay it back I, so i don't know um but my gut when I look at loan loss provisions is, no, nah, you're going to need more than that. Because when I look at the credit markets, what I keep hearing from Wall Street and from the banking system and from credit people is, oh, the delinquencies are up a big, but it's just normalizing. Like We're just going back to where we were pre-pandemic. And I look at so many of these charts. That's and I,
0: just not true.
1: And I, yeah, so many of these charts are like back to like 2010 levels, stuff yeah, like that. It's, it's like, nonsense. no, like this is different. And again, and I've said, I've made this point over and over on the show, but. We have really high delinquency rates at full employment. So if jobs, for whatever reason, hit, hit an air pocket... They're going to moonshot. The credit, pro- the credit problem goes from, from a very small deal to a very big deal. And then like overnight. Yeah. The every and I'll, I'll make it real simple for everybody. Everything hinges on jobs. As long as everyone has a job, the economy is going to be fine. It'll even stay hot looking. If for any reason jobs kind of turn negative and i'll say that is headline jobs are kind of you know under say 140 the, the, then all, then all of a sudden kind of all bets are off the unemployment rate spikes and and that becomes j- just the way i just talk about with all the structural uh market structure stuff in the stock market it's the same thing it's a feedback loop recessions are all all, all recession is at the end of the day is an unemployment induced feedback loop between demand and supply and then that's that's where you, you go if you break jobs. And w- will we? I don't know. Will we soon? I don't know. But I, I that's why I still think it hinges on, on construction because that's like where I see excess jobs. Like where the amount of jobs compared to where I see that industry in nine months doesn't make sense to me if I just run that nine-month gap. So that, that's where I could see a lot of layoffs in the next nine months. And it, that's... And those layoffs can lead to other layoffs.
0: I, You know, the construction jobs one is a little bit confusing to me, too, because I've, I've kept a pretty good pulse on that market and talked to buddies of mine. And uh, well, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't. The, the And I'm talking about some fairly, not national, but some fairly sizable construction companies, multifamily home builders, heavy duty road construction, di- different kinds. Yeah. They're all saying exactly the same thing. They have not started layoffs, but looking at what work is ahead of them in the next eight to 12 months, they're probably going to need to lay off considerable amounts of employees. That's literally what they've told
1: me. Right. And so if those people don't get a new job, and I would argue they probably won't, then all of a sudden you have an unemployment issue and then that's a demand loss that that feeds into the economy.
0: Well, and here's here's another reason why valuation matters, right? Meaning, generally speaking, unless there's a transmission mechanism issue or something like that. One of the things that stops investment, and remember when you're talking about construction, you know, construction building and all that kind of stuff, construction employment is a residual effect of investment in real estate or investment in, 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 in buildings, right? Well, you only invest in buildings if you think that you're going to make more money than you're spending. When you look at what the, the costs of land and labor and all that kind of- insurance, Yeah, insur- one of the problems you've got right now is with the price of everything, it's really hard as an investor or a builder if you're sober minded to sit back and go, "How if I do this at these prices, how do I make any money over the next five years?"
1: Right. You got to do it with cash, and no one wants to do that.
0: No, and and so I, I just I just don't I. You, you know you know what's and, I'll, and I've said this before. We've talked about it before, but it's one of the strangest things. And I really hope I remember this about the cycle. I, I just don't think I've ever seen a scenario. Well, I guess 07 and 08 is sort of comparable in terms of the way people were whistling past the graveyard. But again, it's not that I think a calamity is about to happen. It's that everybody think the attitude is uh, – There is
1: unappreciated risk though.
0: Oh my god. And, well, it, and it's – it's the reality and the perception are so far apart, right? And, and not far apart as in the reality is impending doom, but far apart as in the reality at least should be, yeah, this looks a little dicey. This could go either way. We, and then the, the but then the sentiment is, oh, we're going great guns, man. Buy them while you can get them. I just, I don't think I've, and, and to be fair to 08, 09, that sentiment was not that bullish in, in, in late 07, right? And there was overconfidence, but it wasn't that. And when you get to these parts of the cycles, right? Everybody jokes about people that are too bearish, right? Perma bears, perma bears always get clowned at the end of cycles. You know what the equivalent on the other side is? So many of these guys you see on Twitter that think that the market, it is a human right for the market to go up 15% a year because the only cycle they've been in is the last 15 years, right? And no, there's no other problem. They, they are literally the other side of that pendulum where there's never any other problem. Every threat is a, is a you, you know the guys I'm talking about, right? Sure. Where every risk is just, oh, it's just fear porn. And you're like, no, no, that's I, that's real data. <laughs> it's not my opinion. That's real data, right? They're the other side of it. And those guys, you know, if you're listening to those guys, they're the same. They're the same guys as the perma bear guys, right? Listen to those guys and you will get smashed eventually. Right. Eventually.
1: Right. It, it, it takes me to Tim Urban, who's, uh, whose recent book, like kind of, he talks about high rung thinkers and low rung thinkers. And, and those can be on either end of a, a spectrum whether well, it's political spectrum and you could do it the same as a market spectrum. So, and and it it all comes down to the, like the people that will just confirm their biases no matter what. And and the one thing I'll say is like in markets, usually there is enough data for you to confirm any bias. Yep. So like right now, so I'm fifty fifty on on the jobs. I, I truly could, I could make a twenty slide presentation to absolutely convince you that jobs are falling off a cliff very soon, and I could make a twenty slide presentation to show you that the jobs market is robust and it's and it's going to stay that way. Agreed. And that, and you could you would look at either and be like. Yes, absolutely. Um, so if you're on if you're on Twitter and, and you and you see and you see these market commentary people, you'll find people that will only highlight the good or only highlight the bad data. And and, and sometimes that's just the reality in, in a given sector or something. But right now, and say on something like employment.
0: If, well, that is. Look. If you're only
1: given one side of the story, then then you're a low rung thinker, charlatan.
0: Yeah. Well, I I mean that's why we take some risk risk doing things the way that we do in terms of you know the the show and all that kind of stuff because that's a media strategy. I mean, if you want to get the number one number of, amount sure. of, of views and looks and all that other right. kind of stuff, even if you don't believe it, take one of those sides and argue it like crazy,
1: right? Right. It's just like the blowhards on Fox News or on on MSNBC. MSNBC. At the end of the day, you're just a paid cheerleader. Yeah. To to fade the other side and, and, and amplify your side, literally no matter what the case is.
0: Oh yeah. It was like, well, like 60 minutes, I was watching a 60 minute special last night and they were doing it and I've just heard it enough. And so I turned, but it's the, you know, the January 6th and the lying against the American, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I, I think that that's a, I think that that is a newsworthy story to tell. Uh, now in your next segment, are you going to do all the issues with the vaccine and Fauci and all that kind of stuff? Oh, you're not. Oh, so you only care about certain lies, right? And just so you guys know, I'm not somebody that believes <laughs> that the vaccine was dev- derived by Bill Clinton to kill off 3 billion people. I'm not saying that, but I, I think any sober-minded person can look at the vaccine rollout and go, boy, that was a mess. And a lot of people that knew better, flat out lied, right? Flat out lied, sure. right? Shamed pregnant women into getting the vaccine when now we know that they shouldn't, you know, all these kind of things. And I say that not to pick one side or the other of either one of those arguments. I, I say that because it's so – everybody wants to speak to you. We're standing up for tomorrow. But you're only standing up for it when you think, right? We, when, it, when it meets your – not when it's your team that does it.
1: Right, exactly. Right. Like that, and that's that – the easiest way to, to identify those people is to see if they, are, if they call out their own side right. when, when appropriate. Right, and they never do. And I think we used to live in a world where that that was you know more common. Now you've gotten to the point where you you just get ostracized by that community if you go against the community in any, in any way, shape, or form. It's like a a massive purity test now. You're either pure or you're not. Yeah. And as a buddy of mine made made the point on Twitter today, like not not only is it that if you amplify and believe the craziest thing, that's how you get the most street cred in one of those communities now. Yes. So like yes. <laughs> so if you agree with the, the the dumbest, craziest thing that your side believes in, you become like a leader, essentially, which is just terrifying when you scale it out. But but it's it's clearly how things yeah, are. I was
0: joking around with a younger family member of mine the other day, and they're like, Yeah, you know, you've got a lot of social media followers. How do how do I get social media followers? And I go, here's what you should do. You should take two accounts, okay, and, and make them anonymous. Do one that just retweets and talks about everything against trump and how communism is good and take the most extreme side of that and on the other one call yourself you know the q and on disciple and just make up a conspiracy every single day you'll have over a hundred thousand followers on each account inside of you <laughs> and he started laughing and i go i'm actually not
1: joking with you
0: right like serve up the red meat for folks and if you try to play it down the middle
1: no, Which, no, one cares. no one wants to hear that.
0: Oh, no, no. <laughs> you know what? It's resulted for me. And, and, and I've just said it over and over. If you come out and we're talking about finance and the stock market and your first comment is political, I'm turning you off right away.
1: Yeah, I, just, I can't do it.
0: No, it's because it's not. It's just not. And, right. and we're in charge of managing other people's money. It's not that I don't care about what's going on right. politically. I do. It impacts us all. I'm very invested. Why don't I? Because my job is to care for their money. And if I'm focused on, if I'm focused politically, I'm not doing my job. And moreover, I'm probably exposing my clients to a pile of unneeded risk.
1: Yeah. And I think that happens in in our, in our business too.
0: One other shout back I wanted to make when you were like, and I completely agree with you, but one other pushback I wanted to make on the statement about, I can make a bullish argument on jobs. I can make a bearish argument on jobs. Here's the one caveat to that. The one caveat is historical perspective, meaning the, the one thing I, – because I think that I, – I can't disagree with what you just said regarding the data as it is today. The one thing that I do think is interesting is so many of these 100% in the past type of indicators have fired off, right? And I'm with you. I'm 50-50, especially in the immediate future. But when I throw that historical context in, that's why I still believe we'll have a recession But then again, on the flip side, like you can attest, we are still net long, right? Like that net long reflects my uncertainty, right? And when you're uncertain, you should be net long. Why? Because the stock market goes up 70% of the time, you know, and nobody likes to hear that answer, but don't you think like, and it's hard to use historical norms in this environment because there's nothing normal about it, but don't you doesn't that give you some pause i mean some of the most ironclad indicators we have in the history of finance have said recession is happening
1: yeah i, I the only thing i will say and that is what that's what largely led me to believing we would have one last year is i have seen some pretty good explanations for why a couple of those like may not work anymore. That, that I will say.
0: Well, I, I've, I'll throw one of them at you right now. One of the things that's troubled me about the inverted yield curve, I don't know. No, no one really knows where the clearing price on rates is. You've had so much more manipulation and how in the world could you expect the yield curve to tell the same story as it did in 1980?
1: Right. And and the Fed completely uh, does monetary policy completely different than they used to mm-hmm. starting in oh eight, Like we went to uh, um, using reserves instead of using uh, just the balance sheet as a way to, to move around uh, rates. And Kevin Muir made that point. And it's one of the things, like I heard a lot of just terrible critiques for why the yield curve didn't work anymore. I'd read it and like, no, that's dumb. That makes sense. And then I read Kevin's take on it like when it came to that. And I was like, okay, well, hold on. That makes sense. Like that has explanatory power. Um,
0: I, I think the yield curve inverts for two reasons, and it's probably more complicated than that. I think the yield curve inverts because bond money is smart money, and it starts buying bonds when it sees a slowdown. I think the other reason it inverts is because it restricts banks' ability to lend. And when you've got a, an economy that is reliant, 70 percent on consumer spending, the vast majority of which is credit credit enabled, right? You invert the yield curve. banks can't banks borrow, borrow, borrow long term and lend short that doesn't work when the short term rate is higher than the long term
1: rate. Right, but that but that's where we go into the deficit thing like where normally you choke off bank credit, you choke off the economy. Well, we have choked off bank credit, and the economy's still going, but that's because so many people are getting their credit from the government more or less, right. like you know what I mean? So uh, the the giant fiscal deficit made all all other data just not quite as high signal to noise as we're used to, I think.
0: Yeah, it took the punch out of it. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: doesn't mean it euthanized it but and a lot of this really it just goes back to the straight up rates don't matter until you pay them so as you just kind of had to wait until people had to pay the rates and i I, you know that's why i think some of these stocks we saw today you know get smashed as soon as he said no march even though we have the same amount of cuts priced in the whole year well some of these people don't need them need a rate cut in october they need it in march yeah so like Hey, hey, buddy! I got a refi. Like refi is coming. So, like, yeah. I, what do you want me to do? It's
0: well, like, kind of no, thing. like, well, and this is what we were making this argument about, which is why we thought he should have gotten tougher earlier on, because we were like, you know, you could look out and you could see that, especially, you know, and I don't want to make too much of this. It's not the housing market, in no eight hundred nine. It's a much smaller component of the economy. But like, you know, using uh, uh, commercial real office space as an example, right? Every month that you go. With rates anywhere close to where they are, the more defaults you are going to have. Yeah. It's just math, right? And so, if he's taking March off the table, that is more defaults we're going to have this year. Period. End of story. Market and eight right now. Yeah, exactly. You, you know that reference, Market and eight, dude. No, Big Lebowski. I'm
1: not a big. I'm not a big. Lebowski. game,
0: Smokey. It's a zero. You stepped on the line. Anyway, it's it's I, it's certainly not a family movie.
1: I traffic in the in, in the gifts, and I probably shouldn't because I don't even know the movie.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I I. It's look, I think it had like I, 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 I just for all of our nice people out do there, do
1: love John Goodman though.
0: Oh, he's phenomenal. Uh, and this is best, that's his best acting job ever. Uh, unquestionably, it's his best ever, but uh, no, yeah, not a family flick. As a matter of fact, I, and and for all of our nice church going Christian folks out there, it was this was a movie that I got gained an affinity to in college, but I, I checked on it. I think it has 288 F words in it.
1: That's a lot.
0: Yeah, we played a drinking game in college. This is just college, where where just I'm not a degenerate person, but you you had to take a drink every single time. <laughs> he said an F word or dude, and
1: I'd be like Jay Powell today every time he said data.
0: Yeah, the game lasted about 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, and then it was it was out. But no, it's it's hilarious. Uh, but don't watch it with the kids for crying out loud. <laughs> Uh, anyway, anything else? We've gone over again, but I'm no. having a blast. I was having a blast in this conversation.
1: No, I think we're good. We'll. Well, I was gonna say we'll have plenty to talk about. I guess you'll have plenty to talk about tomorrow if I if I miss, which is likely. Uh, I just say uh, just.
0: It well, it's chalking up the way that we thought. Like we were just kind of looking at this week, going, "I think this week's going to be big."
1: Yeah, if those earnings go well and jobs is kind of flat, everything will be fine. If not, the the chances for self reinforcing stuff is is at least growing. And be careful.
0: Yeah, and then this is where that valuation issue can come into because you just have a lot of hot air in these valuations and may, you know, Hey, maybe you, maybe you skirt through without too much pain, but boy, the list of things that could go wrong. I, I, it doesn't guarantee they will, but I just think the list of things that could go wrong is starting to stack up. Right. Yep. All right, guys. Well, Hey, thanks for joining us again for another one. This went a little over, but I, I think I, I, I I think we're probably going to go over most of this week, try to keep it 15 to 25 minute range. And uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover this week. So hopefully it's, hopefully you guys are still enjoying it and uh, want you to keep taking this journey with us. We will be back tomorrow uh, for another edition of the Daily Dots. You are listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast, download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com.